So, amen. Uh, my message today is uh, living for eternity. Living for eternity. And uh, I, I appreciate the opening um, of setting our hearts, setting our, our intentions, our hearts, and our focus on God <clears throat> and on eternal things. That is, uh, that is the same same main theme I got out of the chapter I want to take out of the chapter so let's open with a prayer let's pray Lord Father we thank you for this day we thank you for this opportunity this time to come together to hear your word to um, study and to look at what is your heart what is your will for us Lord I pray for your presence I pray for the Holy Spirit, for, your, for an anointing over the words that are spoken here. Lord, that you give us revelation more and more of your heart and your will, that you would speak through, through me here, that your word would come forth and your will would be spoken. Lord, I pray for uh, your blessing over everyone that is here, that you give us ears to hear and hearts to understand what is your will. For us in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> so setting set our affections on things above and not on things of the earth. I want to speak about living living in light of eternity. You know, we are all eternal beings. We will continue to live forever. Everyone that's here. Or be whatever. Maybe not live forever. <clears throat> the thought of eternity can bring thoughts of hope and peace into our lives. Or thoughts of dread and fear into our minds. Eternity, it's a bit of a dreadful thought. It's something human we kind of tend to shy away from. Um, through Christ, we can have peace. We can have confidence that on that day, on the day of our death, on the, on, the last, on the last day, that we can have the confidence that He will receive us, that we are His children, and He will receive us into glory. The more, <clears throat> excuse me, and the more we ponder eternity, the shorter this life becomes. The smaller and the more insignificant most of the problems we have here, most of the things we go through, the more they become. The more important it is, the more important it becomes, the more clearly we see how important it is to draw close to God, to seek Him, to seek His will for our lives. So it's good. It's a good thing. It's a good thing to ponder eternity. Eternity is a long time. It's going to be a long time. <clears throat> but uh, most often, people don't live like eternity was a reality. You know, we tend to completely lose sight of it. We get busy... We get engrossed in the things that often that are often irrelevant in the big picture. That's why Christians, we're exhorted in, in Scripture, we're exhorted and encouraged 
to set our affection on things that are above, not on things of the earth. Set your affection, set your heart on things of eternity. Like my dad shared in the opening, set your heart on things that are above. And that's the message I have today. So I'll, I'll reread the text. We'll continue with reading the text. Um, Colossians 3, verse 1. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth, for ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Seek those things which are above. Set your affections on things that are above, not on things of the earth. We need to have, he's, he's encouraging us here and telling us we need to have our mind and our heart set on eternal things. What does that mean? What does that mean for us today? What does that mean for us every day? What does it mean for you? And what does it mean for me? Seek those things which are above. What are the things above? There's a verse in Romans 14, 17. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. For he that serveth these things serveth Christ, is acceptable to God and approved of men. Let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace, and the things wherewith one may edify another. The kingdom of God is not meat and drink. It's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. That's the kingdom of God. Those are the eternal things. Those are the things that will carry into eternity, the things that will matter in eternity. So in our text, I want to jump forward to verse 12. Uh, Colossians 3, verse 12. And... And as we're discussing what, what, the th what, what these things are that he's referring to. <clears throat> Those things that we should be pursuing and striving for. Colossians 3 verse 12. Put on therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. He says, put on bowels of mercy, <coughs> kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering. You ever thought, how would you get into a quarrel? How would you get into a disagreement with someone who has these attributes, who's living this way? Someone who was always... Who always takes the low road. Who's, who, who's walking the way of humility. He's patient and forgiving. He's kind. In humbleness of mind. In meekness walking. <clears throat> Verse 14. Above all these things put on charity. Which is the bond of perfectness. The bond of perfection. Above all put on love. Walk in love. Care for others more than yourself. That's love. 
Love is the bond of perfection, he calls it. Love makes it all function. He makes it all work together. All things, all these things come to reality through love. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which ye also are called in one body, and be ye thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. Things that are above. Eternal things. The life of Christ. You wives... um, Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as it is fit in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives. Be not bitter against them. Children, obey your parents in all things. For this is well-pleasing unto the Lord. Fathers, provoke not your children to anger, lest they be discouraged. Servants, obey all things. Obey in all things your master according to the flesh. Not with eye service as men please, but in singleness of heart. Fearing God. And here he, he's listing these things that all these different categories of people, things we should follow after, things we should pursue, things we should follow and do. Whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men. Knowing that of the Lord ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for ye serve the Lord Christ. setting our affections on things that are above. What are, where are our affections? Where are your affections? You know, all our heart and affections will be set on something. There's something we're pursuing. There's something we're striving after. There's something in our heart. It's, It's just the way we are. There's something that our heart and our lives we're striving after. And everybody has this, this point of interest, this, this thing that they're pursuing. Some of these things are not good. Some of these things aren't necessarily bad. It's not necessarily something evil that is taking the place of God's call in our life. A lot of times it's good things. Um... It's good things that we're pursuing. It's, it's seemingly good things that we're doing. Like this one parable that Jesus shared of, the, he had <clears throat> of this king who made this feast and he invited all these people. And one said he had a yoke of oxen he needed to go check out. One said he, he married a wife. One said he had this other appointment. And those were all good things. It's things we would recommend. It's things we would do. But... They missed the calling. They missed God's, they missed what the, the glorious calling that God had on them to come to his feast, to come to his, his wedding celebration. And, and that's, that's, the direction, that's the direction I want to go here with this text is what, <clears throat> um, 
Our life, we need to look at our lives and order our lives in a way that whatsoever we do, we're able to do with our whole heart, with all the energy we can. Whatever we do, we should be able to do with our whole heart. Because ultimately, whatever we do, we should do to God's glory. To build His kingdom. To be His children. If we can't do whatever we're doing for God's glory, then we should stop and reevaluate what we're doing and why. We should stop and reevaluate what we're doing and why we're doing it. <clears throat> The why is important. To pursue the important things in life. To pursue what God wants us to pursue and to be in life. So I want to go back to verse 5. Where he gives direction on, on the things. On how, how we grow in this. How we, we go forward in, uh, in becoming, in setting our heart, setting our mind on things that are above. And he says in verse 5, Mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry. For which things sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience, in the which ye also walked some time when he lived in them. But now, but no ye, but <clears throat> but now ye also put off these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Lie not one to another, seeing ye have put off the old man and his deeds. You know we're in a battle. He says, mortify your members. What does that mean? Put to death your members. Okay. What does that mean? And he's talking about the flesh. He calls it, all your members put to death the evil desires of the flesh. You know, one of the greatest battles we face is our flesh, <clears throat> is our own flesh. It's the battle against us. And here he calls it your own members. It's part of us that we're fighting against. Our members on the earth. <clears throat> our flesh. We should always remember our flesh hates God. Our flesh hates God. And it hates what God is trying to do in our lives. It's constantly resisting the work of God in our lives. <clears throat> but it's also our member. It's also part of us. It's not, not, it's not someone else's flesh. It's not someone else's responsibility. It's our own. And we, he says... Bring those members into subjection or, or mortify. Put them to death. Put those members to death. Put off all these things. Get them out of your life. And put on Christ. <clears throat> put on Christ. And have put on a new man, verse 10, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. And have put on a new man. And he says, put on Christ. Christ becomes our life. His life works in us and through us. 
where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision or uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond or free, but Christ is all and in all. <clears throat> so I want to focus today on putting the proper priority on things that are important. On the things that God is called that God calls important. On the things in our life that we probably know are important, the things that we should be pursuing. Follow after these things. <clears throat> so many times in my life, these things, these important things, you end up seeing them uh, go to the back burner. They're drowned out by the things, by the other things that go on in your life. <clears throat> Have you ever taken notice of how with, uh, even with best intentions, some of the things that we care about the most, we don't get around to doing. Some of the things we deeply care about, we feel are very important. We oftentimes don't get around to do it. We never, we never get around to doing them. And why? If they're, if they're so important and we recognize that, why, why, don't, they, why don't we get them done? <clears throat> you would think if something is, is, a, is very important, it'll get first priority. It'll get done. It'll, it'll take... Right? Usually when something is very important, it, it gets to the top of the list. But a lot of times it doesn't. And I want to take a, a quote here um, that President Eisenhower made famous. And he said it's by some Professor Miller that he quoted. And he said, <clears throat> I have two kinds of problems. There's the urgent and the important. And he says, the urgent are not important, and the important are never urgent. And it's an interesting, it's an interesting principle. And he also made the remark that the things that are urgent are seldom important, and the things that are important are seldom urgent. They're hardly ever, they're hardly ever together. And I, I, I want to take several lessons out of this saying. It's part of the, <clears throat> it's part of, a, of the human dilemma, I think. <clears throat> me. Think for a minute about something important that, you, uh, that you've been wanting to do. Maybe, maybe for years. Something you feel is important that you should be doing, you should have done, that that maybe something God, God has laid on your heart. Um, maybe it's something you feel God wants you to do. The most important thing on your to-do list. Maybe it's, some, it's something that in light of eternity should be important. How important is that? If it's the most important thing you can think of, it should be pretty important. 
And yet a lot of times, if, if you're like, like me or you're like most people, that thing uh, could have gotten done by now or at least started on and it hasn't. It hasn't. <clears throat> because it's probably not that urgent. What does urgent mean? Something that's urgent is something that needs to get done in the next half hour, in the next hour. It has to get done today. And something that's urgent <clears throat> comes up, those things come up all the time. All the time. Um, and we can easily get caught up just doing urgent things. Okay, we have to go to get up, we have to go to work, we have to uh, be at school, we have to meet this person, we have to call this person, um, or this person calls and gives us another urgent thing to do that has to get done now. And <clears throat> so you can see very easily some of the most important things in our life can end up being put off, put on the back burner, and they never get done. And a lot of these urgent things, they're important to a degree. They're also important. We can't function without doing our day-to-day -day tasks that, come, that we have to do. We have to do them. But <clears throat> so, well, so the, the dilemma is we're often busy or we keep busy with things that um, really mess with our priorities because they have a sense of urgency. And a lot of people who, who, who've been successful, especially in today's, um, in today's economics, in today's world with email and, and with all the communication, where they get this whole barrage of communication, they have to learn to prioritize their day, their things, where they put their time and their energy. Otherwise, they're running and running on all these little tasks and the, the big task that they're trying to accomplish, that they need to do, that they want to do, of where they, the big picture gets lost. And we can come into that same trap in our Christian walk. We can come into that same trap in our, in our personal life, in our church life. As a church, we often, many churches, fall into that same trap. <clears throat> to keep sight of the big picture. What are the important things in our life? What do we classify as important? They're the things that have long-term, eternal consequences. And when I'm speaking on this, on this subject here, I'm not, I'm not talking about a business level or, or that level. I want to apply this to the, the subject of eternity. What are the things that will matter in eternity? The things that hold weight in eternity. I mean, what, much less eternity. A lot of times it gives us a picture. What are the things that will matter in two years? What are the things that will matter in five years? Are we pursuing and, and things that we'll even remember in five years? That's been a good challenge for me. To pursue those things. To seek after those things. <clears throat> what are the things we actually remember when we think back? <clears throat> One of the points I want to stress is, uh, is the fact 
that the important things are seldom or hardly ever urgent. It's not nearly as often that urgent things are important than the most important things are seldom urgent. <clears throat> so you can always, almost always push something important. You can almost always push it off. And that's where the danger comes in. You can almost always push it off a few hours, a few days, a few weeks. And it'll still stay there. You still want to do it. Your intentions are still way up there. You want to. You still want to do it as much as ever. But <clears throat> sadly, they sometimes get pushed off for years. And then they never happen at all. They never materialize. Some of the most important things we can do, they don't come with deadlines. Why do we let these things happen? I know for me, I have the tendency, you have, I have the tendency to, to procrastinate. Procrastinate. <clears throat> to push things off as far as, as I can. It's a very common problem. I know I'm, I'm not alone in that. Um, most people are procrastinators. Another thing is that there's a spiritual world out there that's working against us. There's the devil and the demonic forces that are working against us. And that's real. That's a real force in Christianity, against Christianity. And if we have in our heart, and, and God lays on our heart something where he calls us, where we feel we're called to do this, even if it's just a small thing, or even maybe it's a vision that, that God is calling us to, to do something, to, to, to start working on something, the devil and the demonic forces are working against us. And our flesh... We touched a little bit on our flesh earlier. Our flesh is working against us. The same source is working against us to keep us from growing, to keep us from spiritually taking ground, from building things that have eternal value, from pursuing those things. <clears throat> I mean, have you ever noticed we can have the greatest intention and, and often... You know, in, uh, you're visiting with something, a Sunday message, it touches you, and you can have these great intentions and, and uh, make a commitment that I'm going to do this. But when it comes down to the moment, um, to the moment of doing it, that moment we committed to, the zeal suddenly disappears. <clears throat> And we can see this just in, uh, on the work side. If you, if, you don't, if you commit to something and you don't follow through, there's always a time where it gets hard to pull through. <clears throat> and we have to be careful that it doesn't happen in our spiritual life. When there's so much at stake. When there's eternity at stake. For example... <laughs> You, you, you might feel it'll, uh, the Lord laying on your heart to go speak to a brother or a sister about something. 
You know that's what God wants of you. You know that's the right thing to do. That is, that's what God is calling you to do. And sincerely you intend to do it. And you might even commit to do it. But then when it comes down to the moment, um, to the time where you thought, okay, I'll do it then. Maybe you push it off once, twice, a third time. But then at the end of the day, there's one more window. You know, there's one more window between supper and bedtime. And uh, that's, if you, God is calling me to, and suddenly you get this barrage of urgent things that you need to go do. Suddenly your mind becomes tremendously clear about all those things you've forgotten to do during the day. And you can think, and, and all these things come up. And they suddenly sound important. I mean, how many of you can relate to that? I think it's a common reality. The <clears throat> but in eternity, if we look at it through the lens of eternity, what will matter? You know, <clears throat> I think on the other side of eternity... We'll be looking back at our lives a lot of the way and we'll, we'll see a lot of the things, a lot of the similarities in the way we, we can look at the Old Testament figures that we know. I think we'll see a lot of similarities. In retrospect, we can see it. But look, when, when we're living it, how we don't. You know, we look at David. God chose David. He was a man after his own heart. But then he let David go through all those awful circumstances that would be enough to crush, to crush most people. And yet God never tried him above, above, above anything he was able to bear. God always protected him in one way or another. Even though he spent a quarter of his life being chased by, by like a dog, For years. It's like the story of Joseph. He was chosen to be the governor of Egypt by God. The, the savior of that part of the world. And yet for this. For the, all these years. We, uh, we look at what he went through. He went through prison. He was falsely accused and condemned. And yet God was with him. And, and there's so many others. <clears throat> and we can look at, at men of God who have served God all their life. And we see, uh, we look at them and say, what a man of God. But then sometimes, then, then we can look at others like Saul. And we look at his lives and, and we look at his life and we say, what a, what a fool he was. What a fool. And many others the same way. And we wonder how they can make those, those dumb choices. And we look at them and... Uh, but we have, to, we have to be honest here and look at our own lives through that same lens. Let's be fair. I mean, who looked, who looked like a fool... 
when Joseph was sitting in prison for years and years and years, who looked like a fool when David was running and hiding for his life from his own countrymen? All the prophets who were beaten and killed. These stories, they looked very different for the people who were living them out than they do when we look at it from our, after, after all is said and done, we can look at the end and we, we know, okay, and we say, wow, this is great. <clears throat> but in our own lives, what, what choices are we making? How much are we focusing and keeping our eyes on things that matter in eternity? How much are we making decisions that have eternal value? How much are we prioritizing and utilizing our time for God's kingdom? There's the whole aspect of, uh, of regrets. You know, if we could live a life without regrets... <laughs> Um, John D. Martin had a message on, on wisdom once, and he gave, a, <clears throat> he gave a definition of wisdom that's quite interesting, true wisdom. And he said, uh, wisdom is making a decision or saying whatever you will say. Hold on. It's making a decision that you will never regret or saying something that you will never regret saying something that's going to be true in five years, in ten years, in, in a thousand years it's making the choice that will be a good choice in five years, in ten years, in a hundred years, in a thousand years that will be the good choice that's wisdom are we walking in wisdom? Do we have our hearts and our minds set on things that are above, not on things of the earth? And you know, time is a precious commodity. We need to prioritize things in our life. If we don't prioritize, if we don't, if we don't set our heart, set our mind on these things, we probably won't grow in them. It takes dedication. In Christ, in Christ we have the strength, we have the power to, to overcome. But there's also a battle going. There's an enemy out there. There's the enemy that's fighting against us, that is keeping us from growing. They're trying to keep whatever they have in their power to keep us from growing. What are the important things in our lives? We need to prioritize these things. Maybe we need to stop, look, and listen on where we're headed. We need to recognize and prioritize the important things, the things that will matter in eternity. We have one short life to live. And like I said earlier in, in the open, in, when I started this, the more you ponder eternity, the more you have an eternal mindset, the shorter 
and smaller this life becomes. The smaller the struggles we struggle with here, the smaller they become. And I think as far as the important and the urgent as Christians, we're clearly given the important things. We're clearly given the important things. The eternal things. The things that Jesus taught. Love. <clears throat> Loving your enemies. All those things. Those are the eternal things. Those, and as Christians, as Christians, what we subscribe to, that the teaching, we, we believe that Jesus is Lord. That he's our king. And these are his words. So we have all these, the, the most important things. But the problem is, we, uh, we don't make them urgent. Okay? And as Christians, we need to prioritize these things, that they are the most urgent. As Christians, the most important things are the most urgent ones. And if we are not growing in Christ, if we are not seeking Him, the most important thing, if that's not the most urgent, then we're, we're going to fall short then we're missing out on what God's promises are. And uh, you know with this whole concept about the, the important and the urgent, people um, have come up with this little graph where, okay, you should take all the things in your life and, and uh, make a square. Maybe I should make it here. You should <clears throat> and you make this square and uh, you have the... Uh, You have the important things on this side and the urgent things on this side. And uh, these are not important and not urgent. And you should take your life and then you should classify everything. The urgent and the important things you should put up here. And you should do them right away. Okay, and then you have urgent and not <clears throat> urgent and not important here. The urgent things that are not important. And just those are third priorities. Sorry, I made it. So the important things. Well, forget all this. <laughs> so the the important and the urgent things are the are the highest priority. Okay, and then the important things that are not urgent are next priorities. And the urgent things that are not important are third priorities. And the unimportant things that are not urgent we should eliminate. And I think it'd be a good concept to plug into our, our spiritual lives. Not that there's anything that's not urgent and not important. 
concerning our spiritual lives. All things are. I mean, those, they are all important. <clears throat> but I, I just I have this burden in, in today's world with all that we have going on. All the, the, the distractions at our fingertips. Um, the busyness. The, the where if I don't have something to do, I can find something to do, or I can go do something, almost as I wish. And to, we, we, keep, we tend to keep so busy. And I pray, um, I pray that we set our time, set our heart on things that are above. To take inventory of our time. Time is a precious commodity. Once our life is over, our time is done. You can't, you don't get a replay. You don't get rewind. It is a precious commodity. And God has given us, you know, in, in our lives here, in our, our church, in the, the era we live in, we have so many blessings. We have so many, so much opportunity. There's so many things that, uh, that we can do easier and faster and more efficiently than ever before. And I pray we be able to use them for God's kingdom, for God's glory. And keep in mind, keep eternity in mind, that we're building an eternal, we're working towards an eternal life. And that is the end goal, that is the ultimate goal. So, amen. <laughs>